Welcome to WrestleWolf. This is AEW Weekly. I am Dr. Damien Gibson and joining me is the man, the man who will only deal in kayfabe and nothing else. It's Matthew. And why would you want to deal in anything other than kayfabe when kayfabe is so sweet? <laughs> kayfabe is uh, kayfabe is the sweetest thro- fruit. I'm fruit. <laughs> I tried to. I, what is going I'm, on? I'm living Mick Foley's life. Like the real world is faker than wrestling. Uh, you know. <laughs> if they yeah, man. Let's not talk about any of that. I've uh, you know I've made the mistake of really honing in on the American presidential uh, campaign um, in the last week or so, which is infinitely fascinating. And uh, demonstrably depressing. So uh, wrestling is a very, very good um, distraction from that. Yeah. Uh, so I um I bought myself a little gift uh, during the week, which is an Nvidia Shield, which is essentially an, a, the like Lamborghini of Android boxes for my TV, um, which has opened up even more possibilities of watching wrestling. That's amazing. So. Uh, yeah, so Lucha Underground is now uh, streaming in the uh, the doctor's house. So um, how much? How how much was that? Uh, th- three well, yeah, three hundred and sixty dollars <laughs> Australian. I just want to I just want to just want to let the audience know that the look on your face when I asked how much it was you you were not particularly keen on uh, elaborating on the price. Well, because it's a stupid amount of money for something that you could. Like two days after I bought it, Google were like, "Hey, that thing you just bought, we're bringing out a Chromecast that does the same thing uh, for like sixty bucks." So it doesn't; it's not as good anyway. Um, yeah, but like, so essentially, I can use a VPN to. Um, there is a point to this story. I can use a VPN to uh, watch things from other countries and blah 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 blah. Um, it's not illegal. I don't know. Anyway, but they can't um, catch you even if it is. Whatever. Um, And so I used it to check out the Fight app to see if there was anything special. And, uh, like, Dynamite, uh, uh, not Dynamite, Dark, doesn't appear to be available to American viewers through the Fight app. Oh. So only through YouTube. Weird, right? That is weird. Yeah. There must be some sort of exclusive deal to YouTube in the States or something like that. Don't know. There was a really long-winded <laughs> story to get to a really boring conclusion. I'm which sorry. is actually the, the, what what we're aiming for in this podcast. So enjoy. <laughs> I know. Wait till the very that end. That could be. <laughs> that could be the actual tagline for our <laughs> podcast. Uh, this week, Damien and Matt go through a very long story for a boring conclusion. <laughs> uh, man. Um, the theory that a show is only can only be as good as the first segment, um, I think, kind of is correct this week. Like uh, Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks, which was the match that I was most looking forward to. Um, I thought this match was really, really good. Um, I, I feel like, and I don't want to roll you up because I know you've had a rough day or whatever. Uh, not or whatever, so so dismissive. <laughs> whatever you have, um, but I I I enjoyed this episode where I feel like you really enjoyed it. I loved it. Like I just thought, like everything in this episode was just good television. Like this isn't a go home episode. Mm. That's next week. 
It had enough sort of intriguing things, enough sort of funny things, and just that the, I, I didn't have a single complaint. Like I thought it was, it had like a couple of, it had, it had Cody Rhodes doing like, I can make great wrestling stories by myself by doing promos. Um, <laughs> it, and it had a matches like this that are just like, you just watch them and you're like, this is a delight. Like, you know, opening opening up straight away with, with Ricky Starks coming out, then going to one of Darby Allen's weird indie film kid things where he's someone else is threatening uh, Ricky Starks and then Darby Allen's music. Yeah. I'm like, that's sick. Can they do that every time Darby Allen comes out? Like, just... I feel like that uh, that guy was someone because when they cut back to Excalibur, he was like, blah, blah there. It's like... That must be some sort of UFC guy or maybe a skater guy. Or- it was Tony Hawk again. Um- <laughs> Imagine Tony Hawk cutting a promo. <laughs> it was, But, it, like, it was a good promo, which is more than Darby's capable of, and he's, you know, very charismatic in the ring. It's a cool way to get him over as, like, a different thing that is his thing yeah. that no one else really has. They're willing to try things, mm. right? And I think that's what that's... When you, we promised each other we wouldn't talk about the opposition, but when you when you have been watching the same product for 20 years and they, ha- they have formulas, mm. you know, like they have formulas and, and for the longest time those formulas have worked, but when you watch them every week, it gets boring. And so- I Which think- is why we don't watch, which is why we don't watch New Japan. It's just garbage. <laughs> it's just the same thing over and over again. I know. I know. It's fucking awful, isn't it? <laughs> Um, the, <laughs> uh, I've completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. I was, all I was going to say is that even, even if AEW and Dynamite, AEW Dynamite wasn't great, like if the wrestling wasn't great, which it is, and the, and the competitors weren't great, which they are, you'd be willing to watch it because they're trying different things, not only each episode, but each segment, um, you mm. know, like the Will Hobbs run in in this match. Like having Brian Cage involved, and then Will Hobbs running in to to save Darby Allen. Yeah, it is a hangover from a, a storyline that couldn't happen because of Lance Archer getting COVID or being in contact with someone with COVID. Mm. Um, but they've tried they've tried it anyway just to see and what happens. It's like, oh, let's see what the dynamic is between these four, and if there's anything here. And there was, so they'll probably carry on. Yeah, with that. and like Will Hobbs looks. Awesome, like, and he's fighting Brian Cage, who is historically my favorite Dynamite wrestler. And like, I was like, I want, I want to see Will Hobbs kick the shit out of Brian Cage. And like, I've seen Will, I've seen Will Hobbs twice, three times. Totally into him. Think he's awesome. <laughs> Don't know why. Hello. Don't know why. Have you, um, have you, have you contacted Team Taz to let them know that you're resigning or that you're? Turning face? Is this a face it's turn? It's not, and I'm too much of a coward to contact Team Taz, so I'm going to remain their Jimmy Hart <laughs> <laughs> with my jacket with What are you going to do with those 200? <laughs> what are you going to do with those 200 Team Taz jackets? <laughs> uh, you should listen to our WCW podcast if you're not, because you're you're just missing out on occasional jokes and references. Uh, yeah, both of our podcasts are essentially turning into the one <laughs> podcast where we <laughs> you have to listen to all of them to get any any kind of injury. So, so moving on from this match, Hulk Hogan turned up. Uh, 
<laughs> to remember if we're not talking if Hulk is on screen we're going to be talking <laughs> about Hulk um, Darby got the win in a match that was really good and there's continuing storylines which I this is going to be one of these things where at the beginning of the episode I'm like oh, I don't know if I liked it that much and then by the end of it I'm like this was the greatest episode of wrestling <laughs> <laughs> ever in the history of the world yeah, that guy on the um the the the, the video of, of of the Terry Funk panel, and the guy starts crying. He's like, "Thank you for everything you did to your body. It's still real <laughs> to me, man. God damn it!" And then Terry Funk's just sitting there, and he's like, "He's like, um, take it easy, man. <laughs> take it easy, man. That's gonna be me. Yeah, we'll end up being those demented <laughs> people." Um. Yeah, so next up we had the Cody promo that you alluded to earlier addressing Brody Lee's dog collar, dog collar challenge. Um, uh, he said the world's champion. He said AEW's world's <laughs> champion. Nick Elders is coming, and I've got another piece of evidence as well <laughs> later on in the episode. Nick Elders is coming to AEW. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it is happening Either that or Billy Corgan needs to sue AEW for you. Sorry, William Patrick Corgan. Sorry, kayfabe. Got to keep it kayfabe. He's yeah, not like, Billy in any What, the guy from the future embracing Zwan? Like. <laughs> <laughs> he legitimately has two different names. It's Billy Corgan in Smashing Pumpkins and William Patrick Corgan in NWA. All right. Um, great. I'm not talking about Nick Aldis during this promo because this is, as always, a Cody promo that is I'm just saying, he said world's champion. He said world's champion. And it was it was said later on in the episode. I'm just saying, just saying, I'm just pointing this out. What did he out, call the know? women's championship? Because it sounded incredible. Uh, he said that uh, Sheeta was the uh, iron... I can't, was it? Whatever it was, I, you've, li- you've watched this episode, listeners. You know that it was cool. Um... <laughs> Iron was it Iron Horse? No, that was that was not it. <laughs> uh, you, you know why? Because you know who is the Iron Horse? War Horse, baby. <laughs> I just had to, I just had to get it mentioned in there because I hadn't mentioned him in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we've we've referenced Swan more than uh, more than Swan. Yeah, Swan War Horse. I think I got Sam. Did I get Sam Pumpkin or did I say that yeah, before? This is episode? this is the thing that I need to like let our listeners know is that now you're doing you're doing exactly. To Nick Aldis and him coming up on AEW, what you've done for the whole time I've known you about CM Punk. Like I remember we went we did a podcast on a previous podcast before the live Melbourne WWE show, and you're like, I reckon this might be I reckon uh, CM Punk might uh descend from the ceiling because it's <laughs> I heard he might be in Australia. It's like you, you you've been booking CM Punk coming back for so long. <laughs> Yeah, and Roman Reigns called him out this week, so it's happening. You just got to keep saying it until it happens, and then you can say, "So I picked I pick this." Um, anyway, let's. You're right. Let's not talk about the world's champion Nick Aldis. Uh, let's talk about uh, Cody and his. This promo was, I thought, like oh, he's going to turn heel, like kind of like uh, emo sook boy. Uh, heel of like you know I, I've been emotionally damaged he talked about being uh, emotionally injured more than he was physically injured by the three minute uh, romp against Brody Lee um, and then 
like said no to the challenge and i actually really liked that booking i was like oh wow i didn't expect that but i kind of like this that cody's like no i'm not dealing with that i you know i don't have to i'm cody Rhodes. i can do what i want uh and then of course he turned around got back in the ring got on the mic and was like you know of course i'm gonna take on Brody lee because i'm cody i'm the grandson of a plumber and i'm <laughs> the son of a son of a plumber <laughs> and i won't back down his promos are so good. There's, like, actual pathos. Like, he tells a story in a way that almost no one else does. And, like, it's just incredible. Like, I just love listening to him and could listen to him speak on anything for any amount of time. Sorry, I just lost a, lost a little bit of concentration there. There's just a bit of background... Uh, Matt's butler keeps popping in every now and then to give him grapes this time, which is weird. It's not even in season. I'm not sure how he got them. But anyway. I'm a Roman emperor in kayfabe. <laughs> kayfabe. So that's the beautiful thing about kayfabe. We can be whatever we want. I'm a doctor. Uh, you're kayfabe. You are kayfabe. The, you're, the, you're the theory of theory. Yeah, this kayfabe? whole podcast, because, you, because you're existing in kayfabe, means you're, this whole podcast is taking place in my imagination. Right. You'd be this more is starting to get this you, is starting to get very tenant or inception. I'm hoping for more a Charlie Kaufman thing. Like I hope people think we're a little bit better than Christopher Nolan. Oh. Chris Chris is alright. Eh. But Kaufman is better. You're right. Kaufman's better. Um <laughs> I'm more can we get some Ingmar Bergman uh, vibes going? <laughs> <laughs> and we've lost everyone. Can we record on a beach and anyway, well, <laughs> I'm just smoking a cigarette, staring at a at a monkey grinding a piano accordion. And half of your face is covered by someone else's face, which is turned the other way, and you can't really, you don't immediately tell that it's two people, but it is anyway. It's about the duality of people. It's very important. A hundred percent. And that's I think that's what's happening here with Cody <laughs> is that he's his duality is that he wants to be the big hero for everyone, but ultimately. I think we're going to see more of this broken Cody Rhodes. Mm. And, uh, man, if he would not... if Cody Rhodes would have been the coolest guy at Bang Nightclub in 2010. (laughs) Bang is a punk rock nightclub that we've mentioned before on the podcast. But, look, you all know... You all have one in your hometown. (laughs) And they're all called something like Bang or... Just a lot of... A lot of people in used used t shirts and you know, Kiss Chasey's playing live. Then you signal signal ah uh, signal. Then you single. Anyway, that's a thing that really happened in two thousand ten at Bank. You you went really universal, and then the second example was like so <laughs> so Oz. It's not funny. <laughs> anyway, I enjoyed this Cody promo. Um, we're gonna have a dog collar match. I think I've only seen one before. I'm so excited by it. It's just like, it's just such a great idea. It's so Cody Rhodes. Like, of course, Cody yeah. Rhodes is having a dog collar match. Of course he is. Yeah, because he saw his dad have one, you know, in Mid-South in 1987 or something. And just just a preview. Jim Ross is going to scream that he's bleeding like a stuck pig because that's happening. Bad Boy was all right tonight. I didn't really have many... 
many problems with Bad Boy. Bad Boy was good. Bad mm. Boy got really close to the line at one point, but he was actually being totally fine and reasonable. Uh, when he referred to the the female wrestler Red Velvet as as something along the lines of "That's my favorite cake," and I'm like, "Oh, he's about to say something bad." Then it cut to her, and she was pretending to stir a cake, and I'm like, "Oh, she's like really leaning into being called cake." Oh, well, she's into it. Uh, next up, FTR were being interviewed by uh, Tony Skiavone. Uh, the Young Bucks come came out come jeez came out of nowhere and super kicked Tony in the chest, but still it looked, I don't know, it looked pretty legit. Uh, and then they, you know, Matt Jackson does Matt Jackson things to the camera and I go, oh, I want to hurt him so bad. <laughs> and then they, as they walk off, FTR are like, we're right here. We're right here. You want to have a go, big boys? We're right here. Uh, some really good FTR and Young Bucks stuff here although the one thing i would say at the end is ftr come across as like the faces in this promo or maybe directly and only to you you no they're they're doing an interview where like yeah they're a bit arrogant and then the young bucks come in and (laughs) super kick a 65 year old man in the face yeah the young bucks are heels fight us you're, we're the guys that you want to fight. We're right here. Like, that's a very face attitude to have, right? But they did start it off the hit the promo by being enormous jerks. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just kind of FTR. You know what I mean? They, they've got their own. <laughs> they've got their own satin jackets. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty douchey. Well, although I I am going to get one made myself. And it's cool when you do it, though. Dr. Damien Gibson, and then I'm going to have like a big, uh, <laughs> big clipboard and a stethoscope on the back. Oh, that's sick. That's really cool. Instead of a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we had, oh, God. Next up, we had FTR versus SCU for the tag team championship. This was um, good, though. I what agree happened, with you Matt? that because I I went and got the washing off the line while this was happening. <laughs> while Sean Spears was there waiting for SCU to walk through, I did like that. This was the this is the first moment. I, sorry to interrupt, man. So this was the first moment where I was like, oh, Sean Spears didn't make me want to throw my television out in the street. Yeah, it was good. It made him look like an asshole at least. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> SCU didn't have Christopher Daniels wrestling, like despite the fact that he's supposed to be the tag team one and Scorpio Sky. Like obviously they've decided that if they're going to have a shot at the tag team champions, they may as well have their best, um, you know, options. And I think Kazarian and Scorpio Sky are really good in the ring. And I loved, I loved that they like that the end of this was Tully cheating to help FTR because it just it puts him over as not just, you know, lo- there's lots of people with, with mouthpieces in AEW, but he's also dangerous. Like he's yeah. a, you know, him standing at ringside is a danger. And like at some when they lose the titles, in that match, Tully Blanchard is getting sent to the back by the referee. Like that's that yeah. will happen because um, he's clearly going to be an important part of them holding the tag team titles. And it's cool. Like, I, I really like them as this sort of cocky, great in the ring, 
but also insecure team. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, look, you know, this this match was fine. Like, it was fine. Yeah. Like, you know, I enjoyed it. I just, it's my, it's my, my uh, I don't want to sound like such a little pain in the ass, but um, it's just the same thing with SEU every time I see them walk out. It's just like, I don't believe that you're going to beat anyone. Like, it just... Like I know this time it was Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, but it's like there's no there's no way, and so immediately there's no stakes for me, mm. and, and I'm not into them as personalities or as wrestlers or anything like that. So it's not even a thing where like you know we had a match later on where I was very much into one of the competitors. So even though I knew there was no way they were going to win, I was happy to watch it because you know um, I like them anyway. Mm. Anyway, it was fine. The thing I want to talk about is uh, Hangman Page is drinking again. Uh, like, seriously drinking. Yes. Uh, he was on commentary throughout this whole match. Um, and it's still carrying on the whole Kenny Hangman angle. I much prefer this story from Hangman's side than I do. Yeah. Well, and I think the the announcement of a nine-person... Uh, for number one contenders. I mean, why they have rankings, I'm not 100% sure. But the announcement of a nine-person uh, number one contenders match and announcing the first three as being uh, Ray Fenix, Jungle Boy, and Kenny Omega, and, you know, Page freaking out. And, like, I assume this is how we're getting to Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega in the finals at full gear or whatever it's called um and that's awesome like that's i love i love tournaments and like same i love a bracket love it love uh booking that you watch and you're like oh, i know exactly how this is going to go but i can't wait to see it get there it, it's a really good storytelling tool i mean that's why it gets used in movies you know like it's used in the karate kid and things like that because it works like I'm not saying Karate Kid is the greatest film of all time, but people love that movie and love watching it because it had like it's exciting. Like it's exciting to see people work their way up through, you know, even if we know that it's Kenny and Hangman, we have to see how they get there, right? Mm, I and think, I guess I think it's a really to use a different example, you could say that Werner Herzog's uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans really does sort of a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just in a bit more of an experimental way um, with Nicolas Cage's drug taking, uh, which escalates throughout that film, sort of like a bracket system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's. I think you're right. Like it is just a good thing that you see in films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, I mean, bo- both worked, right? Both the storytelling tools worked, and I. I that's I that's think- that's my number one. If we can ever get one person on our wrestling podcast, it's Werner Herzog. Oh, amazing! I heard him. Apparently, only about- gives people twenty five minutes to talk about something, <laughs> and it, because if if it can't be said in twenty five minutes, it's not worth saying. Well, that's we've. I have at my house at the moment twenty nine chickens. And uh, I saw a video on YouTube that was like, Werner Herzog talks about chickens. And he was like, have you ever seen a chicken? They are so stupid. Their eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. What, who do you think his favorite wrestler would be? Orange Cassidy, without a doubt. Is that, yeah. is that even a... 
It's it's got to be right. He represents the futility of fertility <laughs> and futility <laughs> of man. Goodbye. No, that's that's it. That's all he says. Um, yeah. Uh, so Kenny Hangman brackets. It's all good. All good. Can't wait. I thought I the one <laughs> I just. Uh, Hangman's uh, spit take or choke take or whatever was pretty abysmal. It was pretty bad. For someone who's been doing really good acting recently, that was just a bit like, <laughs> you know, like, what? It, um, it was not good. <laughs> anyway, uh, I love Hangman, so um, yeah, not going to hang any more shit on him. Next up, we had Isaiah Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Uh, Jericho wins this match, which was actually okay. I didn't mind this match uh, with the Judas effect. Um, then the inner circle try to go after private party. There's still that Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho, like the Hardy boys versus. Um, I, I really, I just, I just tried to be funny then and call them the Hardy boys, and then realized as soon as it came out of my mouth, it's like that was the name of their tag for <laughs> 27 years. Um, versus the inner circle then we got like a weird little like uh luther like chris jericho went luther because we had a wcw brawl because of course we did jericho went after luther i'm really hoping that's not like jericho's not having another tag team that people aren't overly interested in that he's trying to put over at the same time as private party right and mjf i think they're definitely going to have a match with serpentico and uh and luther yes well anyway so that <laughs> that happened um i i'm into this program because the inner circle are involved in it um and when i say that i essentially mean like jericho and sammy <laughs> um but everybody else involved in this i'm just not that super keen i, I can see again in ring i can see why Isaiah Cassidy is a future prospect, like for sure, like definitely a very good wrestler. Um, but I don't know, man. I just wasn't, I just wasn't drawn in by this. What did you think? Um, uh, look, I enjoyed it fine. Um, I think there's a thing coming up with Jericho that I enjoyed a lot more. This was probably the low point of the episode for me. Yeah, I mean, it's not awful, but it's just kind of, it just felt very mid-card and it's sort of weird to see Jericho involved because he's fucking Chris Jericho. Like, why is Chris Jericho mucking around in the mid-card with Private Party and Luther? And mm. Anyway, I suppose you can't have every, you can't have everyone at the top of the card all the time, but uh, next up we had a Miro and Kip promo that I really enjoyed, although I feel like there were a lot of references that I completely missed. Um, essentially Kip was talking about how he really wanted his stag do, um, or what's it called in the States? What are they called in the States? Bucks night? Bucks party? Yeah. Bucks, that, Bucks party. Or is that what we call it? Stag, they call it stag night. Anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> the boys piss up for, before a man gets married and he really wants it to be special. Um, and then he puts all that responsibility on someone that I think he's known for what? Three weeks, uh, in Miro, <laughs> Um, uh, they're at an arcade playing sort of arcadey games, um, which makes sense because they're in arcade. 
Miro's on the phone to someone trying to organize this Bucks night. Uh, Kip said he wants it to be blah blah fun and references someone, but I don't know who that person is. <laughs> I assume maybe it's a Twitch person or something. <laughs> I don't know. This was a promo. And, and then at the end, uh, Miro's like playing like basketball, like that hoop, you know, like the basketball arcade game. <laughs> do a really bad job of explaining this and then some weird dude you know like a white suit with like an american flag tie comes and sidles up next to him and then miro looks at him like what it's super famous guy blah blah and again i was like i don't know who this who are are these twitch people they must be twitch people i felt so old i didn't know what was going on i was confused i got angry uh no, I this this also was probably a little bit of a like I just didn't really know what was going on. Oh, thank God! I was like, "You're you're young, cool, hip. Tell me what's going what's going on here, man." Sorry, I'm. But you got no idea. Well, I, d- I don't understand. Some guy called Ah. Oh, I know who it was. It's I, j- I went on to the AEW thing. It's Billy. Um, what's his name? Who has the the guy from the the Pac Man movie, Billy Mitchell? He's the record holder of like the highest score of all time on Pac Man. Uh, That's a pretty good joke. I didn't get it. Okay, That's I didn't a, get no. It's but that, but that it is, is a very uh, that is uh, that has made that a little bit better for me. <laughs> so um, niche though. There's a there's a really good movie, The King of Kong. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh yeah, it's King of Kong, right? Um. All, all I was really going to say about this promo is that Miro felt uh, looked like he was a bit more comfortable this week. Like yep. he's sort of easing a bit more of that, like, you know, Rusev Day personality that uh, we all know that he has. Um, and it's, you know, it makes sense that it's going to take a while for him to settle in, get his feet under the desk for want of a better term. But um, I, it's still, as much as I've kind of joked around and been like, yeah, of course, Kip Sabian, it is weird. It is a weird pairing yeah, it's, of these two. I look forward to this being over. Like, I'm fine with it, but I, I look forward to Kip Sabian going back to, you know, nothing. And Miro going on to, yeah, Miro going on to actually do stuff. I think I've probably got a couple more weeks in me of the of this story. Yeah. I don't, if it went any further than that, I'd start to, start to really NXT out on this... <laughs> It's like AEW doing a wedding is going to be like fucking incredible because I think they're going to throw in every single reference they possibly can and it's going to be ridiculous and great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Stephanie McMahon appears and The Undertaker comes up from under. <laughs> well, they've got Jake the Snake Roberts. I said this last week. Oh, they do. They do. They do. They do. They've got to. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, I've, I'm. I'm on the edge, TK. I'm just saying. You, uh, you usually don't disappoint me, but I'm, you know, anyway. 30 seconds of this show uh, didn't excite Damien, so uh, watch, watch out, Tony. Where's Warhorse, man? <laughs> you know, that's 30 seconds where I could have been headbanging with Warhorse. Um, or Danhausen, but mainly Warhorse. Uh, next up, we had Best Friends a promo. Speaking of funny dudes, we had uh, Best Friends about to do a promo. FTR coming and interrupt. Uh, they're all over the place at the moment, just trying to annoy as many people as possible. 
Uh, they teased the best friends, basically, like, that they were too weak to, you know, that they saved them last week from getting embarrassed by FTR in a match. Um, and they, they're really sort of goading them. And then the best friends go to, like, as they leave, the best friends, like, grab their arm and, like, feign to punch them. Um, and FTR actually cower. And then Orange Cassidy walks up with a microphone and just says, weenies. <laughs> and uh, that's the promo. And then... Uh, <laughs> Orange Cassidy goes out, um, gets a win over 10 from the Dark Order in his match. Pretty much it for this segment, right? Yeah, like the, the match was fine. Didn't, you know, it just was a way to get Orange Cassidy on TV and don't think there's a whole heap to go into there. It was good. He won. Next up, we had the uh, Inner Circle and MJF promo. Um, MJF knocks on the door of the Inner Circle's dressing room. Uh, he goes in there. It's a little frosty. His reception's a little frosty, uh, especially from the other inner circle members. Jericho's a lot more sort of warm to MJF than than the rest of them. Um, and then MJF has a he says he has a present for Jericho for his win for that night, and he opens the present himself, and it's a bunch of bloody satin jackets again, inner circle satin jackets. Now, and everyone's got an, a satin jacket, Matt, except for me. This is ridiculous. Uh, and Sammy Guevara, because MJF has purposely, even though he said he hasn't, purposely left Sammy Guevara (laughs) out of the jacket giving. Um, And then there's like a little exchange between Jericho and MJF where Jericho's basically like, okay, let's cut to the chase. Like, do you want to be in the inner circle? And MJF's like, do you want me to be in the (laughs) inner circle? And then this goes back and forth. Um to the point where things almost get heated. Uh, Wardlow steps up. Jake Hager steps up. They front, you know, they square off with each other. Uh, and then Chris and MJF sort of calm it down and say, MJF's like, look, I'm going to just leave that there. I'll see you guys soon. Um, it was nice to hang out. And then after he leaves, uh, Sammy Guevara goes, what a loser. And then Chris Jericho goes, uh, well, maybe he isn't. The way Chris Jericho did that, the way Chris Jericho ended that in the perfect, bef- like, you know, 15 minutes into a sitcom before the ad break uh, kind of way. Come, maybe he isn't. Uh, that was truly wonderful and I loved it. Um, yeah, it was great. There were, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like I tend to sort of read these things out beat for beat too much and, and bore the hell out of everybody. So I'm trying not to do that as much, but... There was um, a moment where MJF was banging on Sammy Guevara. Goes, well, what are you even doing in here anyway, MJF? And then Chris Jericho goes, shut up, Sammy. Well, what are you even doing in here anyway, MJF? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this, I don't, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this story. I mean, obviously we're we're heading towards a Chris Jericho MJF something. Whether that's you know, it's it. I mean, they're going to have a match eventually, mm. but I don't. I don't know what the what the story is leading to. That like, <clears throat> is MJF going to join the inner circle, or are the inner circle going to leave Chris Jericho and join? Is it time for Chris Jericho to be a face again? Jericho likes to change things up pretty quickly. He's been a heel for mm. more than a year. Or the inner circle splits in half, and MJF is the leader of one group and Chris Jericho is the leader of mm. another group. 
Yeah. I don't know. There's that option. I I don't really, I don't know. I don't really want to spoil it by analyzing it too much, even though that's kind of, I suppose, what we do on the podcast. But I just want to sort of enjoy mm. it, you know, like I'm happy to see what happens each week. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Next up, we had Britt Baker versus Red Velvet. Uh, nice to see a women's match basically at the end of the card, um, which I feel like AEW have been doing a pretty good job of that recently, even though they still cop criticism. Um, it was great to see Britt Baker back. It was nice to see Red, uh, Red Velvet put in a in a match where they actually had some time. She wasn't squashed or anything like that. So we're developing some female characters. I thought the match was pretty good. Uh, Britt got the win, which of course she would. Um, there was like you know quite a bit of heelish behavior here from Brit, and you got to see bits and pieces of her personality that we all love so much. Um, her heel personality, um, probably could have done with like a little Brit promo, you know, beforehand or something. I mean, I'm, I'm nitpicking here, but what did you think? I'm not going to complain and pick hairs about uh, that's not a phrase, pick hairs, that's not a phrase. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to pick toes about uh, brick <laughs> about if we get brick baker time. Um, the more of her, the better. She's clearly who they intended to build the women's division around, and now they're getting the chance to do it, and it's better than it would have been previously. True. Um, and we're up to the main event, Ooh. man. Uh, Eddie Kingston comes out, cuts a promo on. I didn't write down the referee's name. Bryce Remsburg. Um, that's it, Bryce. Uh, basically, sort of like bullying him about uh, giving Moxley the win the week before because he didn't he didn't tap, he didn't say I quit. Um, and Bryce says, look, man, you know, I have to protect you from yourself. It looks like, uh, what was our name for Eddie Kingston and the, what was it? And the Kingston <laughs> Five? Yeah, Eddie and the Kingston Five. Yeah, that's right. Eddie and the Kingston Five. Anyway, so it looks like the Kingston Five are going to uh, <laughs> knock, uh, knock the living crap out of this ref. And then Mox's uh, music hits, which, I, which I'm sure Matt would have been extremely over the moon about. And uh, Mox comes down through the crowd, and he's got a he's got his bat, his baseball bat, with a barbed with barbed wire on it. And uh, as he gets close to the ring, Taz says, "Oh, here's our hero with a baseball bat with barbed wire around it." And uh, I thought, Matt, Matt will be into that. He's part of Team Taz. He'll 100% agree with uh, what Taz has said there about John Moxley. Yeah. I, I, last two weeks, I, I have been into... I, I've liked John Moxley. I think it's who he's working with, right? Like, I think Kingston and Moxley are having a good well, program. This is, he's being properly... He's just become Bobby Heenan. Like, he's just got the Heenan family... And he's like, he's just, and John Moxley's the Hulk Hogan and he's just sending out heel after heel to try and kill him. And boy, did I love who he sent out this time. Yeah. So we had a bit of, we had quite a bit of a lead in into this um, uh, where Kingston's basically calling John Moxley out. Moxley's in the ring and and behind him, you can see the butcher uh, in an apron, resplendent in an apron. Uh, sort of loom behind John Moxley. And Moxley did a good job of selling, like, you know, the surprise moment. It was like, oh, yeah. shit. 
when he turned around and saw the butcher and the butcher just beat the well, shit out Well, it was like we knew the butcher wasn't going to win, but also the butcher's this massive guy who's going to kick the shit out of him for a little while. And, like, I, I, I think this is the right way to tell a story about a guy like John Moxley eventually losing, much like they did with sort of Cody, but a bit different as far as he is constantly up against the odds. He's constantly pulling out wins, but he's by himself and eventually someone's going to get him. Like, it's not like he's just, you know, hulking up and destroying and, like, unbeatable. Like, mm. it's, it's. I think it's good storytelling, it's good wrestling, and uh, I think it's really enjoyable. Yeah, I felt the same way. I actually think this is... Um, I think I enjoyed this the most out of everything in the episode, which is quite weird because if you had said to me, like, out of all, all the stuff that's happening here, um, before the episode, I would have been like, well, you know, Starks versus Allen, obviously. But I think it was because, you know, I got to see Butcher do some solo work and I think he really held his own. Um, like you say, Moxley is being booked correctly. Yeah. Um, well, you know, <laughs> he's being booked the way that we want him to be booked, booked correctly. It's so, so grandiose. Uh, and, and I really like Eddie Kingston. I, I feel like he's giving... Uh, I feel like he's giving a rub to people like uh, you know, mm. the Lucha Brothers, for example, who have been, well, maybe not a rub, but at least some direction, yeah. you know, because the Lucha Brothers have been there since day one. We both love them. I think everybody loves watching them wrestle, but there's, they've been, what have they, what are they? They had that like death triangle with Pac for a bit, but then COVID happened. Um, so I'm really enjoying seeing Eddie Kingston sort of give both of these tag teams something really significant to do and hopefully sort of launching them into and other storylines. It's crazy like. that it shows how dynamic AEW are with like WWE is classic at someone starts to get over and they just try and try and try to not let them get over. Whereas Eddie Kingston wasn't even initially a signee. He was a one-off. And then they signed him after that match with Cody because they were like, oh, this guy's got something like, you know, that was a killer promo. Um, and now he's in the main event consistently. Yeah, and he's really good at it, and it's amazing what happens when you give someone who was part of that open mm. challenge a chance. Um, you know, I mean, there's there were plenty of other people in that open challenge that could also be given a chance. I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head. You know, Warhorse is someone that comes to mind. <laughs> the... Uh- Sorry, I'm deliriously tired. I'm cracking myself up. It's going to come Paz across. Lynch, pa- pa- Paz from Zwan, the bass player. Um, <laughs> where's she in the women's title picture? Yeah, Darcy from the Pumpkins. Anyone, anyone to uh, anyone who's involved um, in and around William Patrick. I think there's not a lot of things I can say about our podcast. But I can say we are the most Zwan heavy podcast on the internet. Hundred percent. If you're, if you're, look, if you, you'll get, you'll definitely get uh, a few things on every episode. You'll get me talking about Warhorse. You'll get both of us talking about <laughs> Swan and Billy Corgan. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, well, for a long time it was your hatred of John Moxley, but then that's chat. You've gone face and left Team Taz, so. We can't guarantee yeah, that. Yeah, I'm anymore. sorry about that. No, it's good. It's good to have you back in the, with the good guys. Maybe I'll have to turn heel. I don't know if I can do it. Oh, you could do it. Yeah, I probably could. 
I don't know if people really want me to do it though, because I'll <laughs> come across as a real asshole. There's a real dark side to this personality. Uh, you, you're going to be like, stand up and stand by. Um, you, is it how dark are we going to go? Are you going to become a proud boy? Is that <laughs> <laughs> not that? It's dark. like wow. I wish oh, I didn't man. encourage Damo to turn heel. It's like I didn't like John Moxley, and now he's a racist. Just <laughs> more thinking like emo, emo, dark, not not fucking right wing dark. I just think it's weird that you blame like you're that concerned about Antifa. Um, but anyway, yeah, I know. I constantly bang on about that. You know what I mean? It's like. <laughs> Let's get the military in there and fix it. <laughs> we'll fix everything. Uh, <laughs> imagine that. That's not bad. That, you could have that wrestler in AEW. Yeah, absolutely. Would they be a heel, though? They'd probably be a face. <laughs> they probably would be. Um, All right. We can we can probably wrap that up there, man. That's We've got through the whole card. Fantastic timing because it's, it's my dinner time. Dinner time. <laughs> Cool. Well, now that we're talking about your dinner, it is definitely time to end the podcast. Uh, if you want to follow us, you can. Uh, you can follow us at WrestleWolf on Facebook. We are at WrestleWolfPod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go to WrestleWolf.com and check out uh, the four news articles that I've written <laughs> in the last six months or all of our podcasts. Um, or you can drop us a line at WrestleWolfPodcast at Gmail. More of you listening all the time, all that spiel. You would have heard me do this before. If you can rate and review, it helps with the Al Gore rhythms and um, gets us out to more people, which, you know, this we want people to hear the podcast. Don't be a bastard. Just do it. Yeah, just do it, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, <laughs> uh, if you subscribe, you can get our WCW podcast, which drops usually on Mondays, and then uh, you can get our uh, AEW podcast, which drops on Fridays. So uh, until then, Pepe is dead. <laughs>